Tom Parry. Mad Boyle. Why did you speak like that? Like it's not it's not October anymore. You know, it's not Halloween. No, we're in that weird lull between seasons. Mm. Um, the the time for skeletons and ghouls has passed. It it's now that time to fear listening to Wham's Last Christmas in Shops. I don't mind that one. I'm, 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 I'm actually I love Christmas songs, man. I, I seem to be in the minority here. Like, every time I've had a conversation with someone recently, it's been like, oh, I can't wait till Christmas. I'm like, it's November. I guess I'm just getting old and curmudgeon Anyway, let's talk about some fun things like video games. It's Tom Matt Attack. You're telling me Christmas isn't fun. No, I love Christmas, right? <laughs> I, I am a I'm a person who absolutely adores Christmas, not only the time off, but obviously like the holidays and being around family and eating an ungodly amount of mince pies. Um But it's November. It's just it, like once I once it gets to December I will start onboarding myself onto that hype train for Christmas. Well yeah, I, I mean we have already moved on from me doing a spooky hello to Christmas, so yeah, that happened pretty quickly. It did. Um literally I went to the local supermarket on Halloween because we were like, Oh shit, we should probably buy some candy, right? Because we weren't we had some in the house but I was like, Oh, this is not gonna be enough And so we went out to get some. Ironically we only ever got two trick or treaters, so it would have been fine. But while we were in the supermarket, it was five o'clock on the evening of Halloween. They were already frantically ripping down the Halloween aisles to put up the Christmas stuff. So yeah, no, I, I had a few knocks, but I'm afraid I was I was a grumpy guy not answering the door, um, oh, mostly because that the kids opposite me do my head in. Um, <laughs> they're so loud and they can be so irritating at times. Um, you know, uh, so you know what? And then give me some sweets. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is the thing. You call me a curmudgeon for hating Christmas. You hate Halloween from the sounds of things. I, I, I'm not, I've never, actually, as a, as a kid, I was kind of into Halloween. But as yeah. I've got older, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on the old Halloween, to be fair. I think, I think Halloween's an interesting one, right? Because I think generally for people like us, we're creative, we have creative outlets, and so we do stuff. And that's why I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't want to spend three weeks making a Halloween mm. costume to wear for one night. That's just me. Like that feels like mm. a, a bad investment of my. No, no, you just spend a uh, hundred quid on an elf costume. Yeah, exactly. You just buy an elf costume yeah. and then you do with it, or you nick someone's cape and you go to um, a, a, a <laughs> the Tiger of Copenhagen and buy some makeup and some fake vampire fangs, and then you're like, "Cool, I'm done." Not speaking from experience at all, there. But... No, none at all. Yeah. But like, that's that's what it is. I mean. The time I famously went to Stan Lee to a Marvel-themed thing, just I, all I did, the effort on my part, was I grew a moustache and I bought a jumper that made me look like yeah, Stan Lee. But that one was clever. I tried. That, that was an economical, clever idea. That's yeah. generally my be- yeah. my favourite Halloween costume. It's an, econo- <laughs> it's an economic, clever costume. Um, anyways, like we're not talking about Halloween in depth because I, I believe neither of us has played any horror games, even though I did come very close to buying oh, Castle of whatever it's called, the new like one-bit horror game that's inspired by 
Junji Ito games. I'm so out of touch. Um, not only have I not really played any horror games, I've hardly played anything at all. <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair to you, I would have probably said the same before Thursday this week, Tom. But, oh, actually, that's why. Maybe that's why I'm like, oh, Christmas can wait. I've had my Christmas, Tom Parry. Mm. I've already got a new Yakuza game. Yeah. Yeah, great. How is it? Is it? it how much it have is, you played? I have played almost seven hours mm. of this new Since game. Since it came out on Thursday. It came Thursday. out Thursday, yeah. yeah. I Isn't that an chance... odd day for a game to come out on Thursday? Yes, I thought the same thing. I was a bit weirded out by that. I guess maybe because of Japan? Is all I can I, I don't maybe? know, you know... Um, yeah. I have no idea why it was a Thursday. <laughs> I mean, American releases are why games tend to release on Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe it's something to do with like, uni- yeah, like universal release at the same time, but then Japan made that release weird. Maybe mm. either because of time zones or because they, their stuff releases on Thursday. I'm not sure. But yes, a very strange time for a game to come out is uh, a Thursday evening. Uh, but it's fine, I've played it. Um, a lot of the game that we should probably mention the title of, because I'm like, yeah, a new Yakuza game. Uh, it's called Like a Dragon, The Man Who Erased You his missed name. a bit. Like a Dragon Gaiden. Yeah. <sighs> it's long enough as it is, that title. You don't need to put in extra words in it, but you know that no, word exactly. is there. I it's mean, not... and it's an important word to be side fair. Story. Means side yeah. story. Side yeah. story, exactly. This is a a game that essentially details some of the events that happened after the very famous ending of Yakuza 6. Apologies, there will be spoilers, potentially for both Yakuza 6 and for Yakuza 7. Like um, a dragon. Because it is impossible to talk about um, Like a Dragon or the the previous Yakuza games without talking about this one because it's so integral to the plot. Essentially, um, at the end of Yakuza 6, uh, Kazuma Kiryu, the main character of all of the previous Yakuza games, uh, has a... What I can only really describe as a Dark Dark Knight Rises ending where he dies and you're not sure if he's dead or not. Um, and... Lo and behold, um, the creators could not help themselves, and so when Like a Dragon uh, came out, uh, and you rep- they replaced Kazuma Kiryu with uh, Ichiban, uh, the new protagonist. Uh, halfway through the game, surprise, surprise, Kazuma Kiryu t- shows up, and he's not dead after all, and you're like, well, I had assumed he wasn't, but this was a really fitting send-off. They then have a chapter where you fight him, and then the next chapter is called Passing the Torch. As in, like, oh, yeah, you know, Ichiban, you're the new protagonist of the series now. Isn't that great? Um, And lo and behold, um, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, i.e. Yakuza 8, uh, stars both Kazuma Kiryu and Ichiban. So it seems like they couldn't quite make that leap. It's almost as if once you wrap a series around a very a core character it's very hard to suddenly just go yeah well that's what not what this game is anymore now especially when you replace him with someone who's not that same person yeah and i guess being a video game um i suppose you have voice actors i was thinking more like film franchises where perhaps an actor might not want to return they can always bring him back can't they but they could get someone to emulate his voice perhaps if the voice actor wasn't um, available because he's not based on a real person, is he? He's not. He's not based on a real he, person. How no. he looks is not. Yeah. No, um, it is not reflect. Very much one. not reflective of the actor. Um, no. But, but obviously, it's a very iconic voice. I think the Japanese voice of Kiryu is 
is the character like it, it would be really strange to me to replace him in the dub they have in the dub the the actor who had previously voiced Kiryu in some of the other games that had been localized had been has been replaced by a newer actor who's younger and people seem to not like his performance I think it sounds fine I do it just weirds me out in general to hear someone talking like an American like this when they're Kazuma Kiryu is just odd for me because I've always played the games in Japanese. But um, I, anyways, that's that's besides the point. Kiryu is back. Um, this game is then detailing, okay, what happened when he faked his death at the end of six? Why does he show up in the way he does in um, like a dragon? What is the what is the backstory there? And so it's dealing with that stuff. Um, and I I love it because much like them not being able to let go of the the man, the myth, the legend, the dragon of Dojo Makazuma Kiryu, uh, this game is just reverting back to like how you would play an old Yakuza game as Kazuma Kiryu, so it's all the old combat style, and they've done a really nice update on it since Lost Judgment, so it feels really fluid and really nice, and like, I just want this! Just give me this! That's all I want! Just like, make infinite wealth this! Like, great! Like, you've got all this... You've got your RPG system. That was totally fine. I enjoyed playing that. But I just want to fucking hit a square is, and triangle and smash Infinite people Wealth on the head of the bike. Mix two gameplay styles then. I do not know because I have honestly stayed away from it because I did not mm. want to know anything. No, like, I don't know this, this. This, this either, but that would make sense to give uh, players best of both. I think it would be nice to just give the player the option <laughs> of if you want to play it as a JRPG or if you want to play it as a traditional Yakuza game. Yeah. It'd be how I would want to do it because honestly. Maybe they're just the going RPG... to satisfy everyone with, with this kind of setup, perhaps. Well, I guess, I guess they kind of have to, right? Because even though they tried to make a Yakuza 7, like a dragon, a, a game that was very separate from that world and I think like a jumping on point for new players, which is why they dropped the numbers. Hmm. You still kind of need to know that fucking universe to enjoy that game. And well, so I've, like... I have a, a good friend, or you may yeah. know, named Gareth, and yeah. his first Yakuza game was Like a Dragon. And okay. he has adored that game, for what he's told me, and, and played yeah. it through to completion, and he'd never played another Yakuza game. Okay. So I guess, you know, it works there for, for, for a new audience who never played any. They can still get an awful lot out of um, playing the. Uh, like a dragon as their first uh, entry into the series. And I'm glad, because, I mean, that's hmm. obviously what I was intended to do, right? Like, yeah. that is the point of it. But for someone who adores <laughs> this series, and, like, I just like I just like pressing square and, like, darting around and punching people. Um, so, to talk about the game itself, as I mentioned, there is this whole... The, the whole premise is, like, oh, well, this is what happened at the end of Six. This is what leads into it. And you, you figure out why... Or how, rather, I should say. You you know why at the end of 6, Kiryu might fake his death. But, like, you, you understand why. And it turns out that what Kiryu now does is he works almost like a secret agent mm. for, like, a secret government organization that was implied to exist at the end of Yakuza 6, um, which is why I think the, the perfect name for this game should have been double o dragon <laughs> but it isn't it isn't it is the man who erased his name the man who erased his name exactly and you you essentially you have two styles you have the classic 
Kiryu fighting style, which in this game is referred to as Yakuza style, though I believe the name is slightly different in Japanese. It's what would be referred to as a dragon style in the other games. Slow, deliberate combat, very, very heavy punches, pick up a bicycle, smack people over the head with it. And then you have uh, the new fighting style called Agent Mode, which um, leans towards some of the faster stuff that was introduced in Yakuza 4 with like Akariyama and stuff. But you have gadgets like bond gadgets to help you in fights uh, so you right now where i am in the second chapter of the five you can hold down triangle and like drones will fly in and like hit enemies for you so like you can you could be punching someone away and you can see someone's about to swing a bat at you and like nah <laughs> have a drone to the head and that's okay fun. because there's always been a silly side to yakuza as well yes yeah. and i it, it, it's interesting like so you the main thing you get is a, a wire called the spider wire and it's essentially like clearly the the people who are making yakuza have played spider-man they've played other games because you can just do it's pretty much just spider web you either grapple, tie people up right grapple yeah them. you are you are you're it's yeah but it's from your watch so you either tie oh. people up in a string. So oh, right, there, yeah. You don't move. use it to get around. You just use no, it in a fight. No, you don't fight. use it to get... You yeah. just use it in a fight. Like, uh, you would use webbing yeah. in Spider-Man. So, you, like, you pull an enemy towards you and, like, you can uppercut them into the air. So, what's it called again? Stuff. Uh, it's called the spider, like a spider web. Yeah. Um, the, the drones are called hornets. Oh, and yeah. I just received uh, an exploding cigarette called a firefly. <laughs> Which is oh, they're all named like, insects. Yes, they're all have insect names. They're all yeah. like code names. It's cool. To your point, though, it's kind of interesting because this game doesn't really. It it feels like it doesn't know where to sit on the tonal ladder of Yakuza because yeah. it's a very very serious story, which is always the case. But then it's also just got like lots of the really weird stuff that was dialed up i think in like a dragon thrown in like one of the first fights you're you're breaking out of some place and you're just fighting loads of people and like there's people with knives people with bats and usual stuff and like one of the first mini boss encounters you have in that game some guy essentially puts on like giant gauntlet things that let him control gravity and Mm. i'm like this was ne- like this like was a sort of James me. Bond villain henchman type. Yes, exactly, and it's leaning into that and kind of justifying it through the weirdness of all like, oh, we're a secret yeah. government organization. Yeah, which is kind of cool, but it also just I don't know. It, he had that the, same with James it, Bond as well. When it gets a little bit yeah. too wacky, for example, say Die Another Day, then then it, yeah. <laughs> then it sort of loses some of its uh, cool appeal. But I, I don't know, being Yakuza and always having something a bit weird i don't know does that does that work for you it does i'm fine with it it does it does feel a bit jarring though because like i said the moments it's cropped up at the moment are the moments that it all feels when it all feels really grounded and i mean like as with most yakuza things i've gone to now like a casino world where the rich have their own adult playground kind of thing i like i'm like oh well yeah well this is no more ridiculous than what was in Yakuza 4 where there was like Shangri-La this big underground city apparently under Tokyo where the rich and famous gambled and stuff it Mm. doesn't that they've done this kind of beats before like a lot of what they're saying is retreading old ground and honestly as much as I absolutely fucking adore playing as Kazuma Kiryu again like the intro the opening of this game is amazing it's essentially you just escorting someone out of a nightclub because he's being used as a glorified bodyguard by this government agency for like rich and powerful people and he's just like 
all these people are around him and in the chasm of Kiryu way, he's just like, oh, well, you know, like, please just move out of the way. Like, we don't want any trouble. And all these people being shitheads. Mm. Like and like, who rich and powerful people are like, oh, my father's gonna. He's like, just uh, just remember, like he was you that chose to do this. Da, 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 just beats the shit out of everyone in the same way the cosmic hero always does. It's really good. But immediately. I was like, oh yeah, I guess this is why they tried to kill Kazuma Kiryu. Is the story becomes the same fucking story of every Yakuza game. It's like, oh, but you, you've got people you care about. What about the orphans? And what about Haruka? And I'm like, oh god, yeah, this is why they stopped making Kiryu the main character. Because this is literally the plot of every fucking Yakuza game. Is Despite how amazing a character he is this is the only thing that they can push and pull because he really doesn't give a shit is like, oh, but what about, what about the orphans? And it's like, ah, oh, I wish, I wish there was something more engaging driving this plot, mm. but that's always what it is. Mm. It's really nice to play. It's really good. I, I have felt the loss of a Yakuza game in my life for a long time and playing like a dragon guy and the man who raised his name um, is definitely scratching that itch. Yeah, it's, it's more me... the Yakuza you enjoy compared to Like a Dragon. I mean, it's not that I dislike Like a Dragon. It's just this is this is why more I like y- these games. Yakuza. Yeah, 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 exactly. And don't get me wrong, like it it still suffers with a lot of the same problems that those earlier games did the fights can get quite repetitious and everything else and even though i've got new gadgets and things it just feels like a more refined version of the old game which i love personally but potentially this all could be quite confusing because as you were saying earlier like a dragon worked very well as you know a new title for a new type of gameplay whereas now of course every yakuza game you know, regardless of its gameplay style, has, has adopted the name Like a Dragon. It isn't just associated with turn-based, more RPG-focused. It now encompasses both. So potentially you're going to get people coming into this game expecting it to yeah. play like like a dragon. Like, yeah. So that, that's I mean, a, hopefully, you know, it's embraced by those people and they understand going into it, it's, it, it is different. I think um, I think they'll be fine because of like a dragonition. Mm. Like when mm. they when they made the conscious choice to re. Yes, it's not the first like one dragon. that's uh, it's not been... the first one that's doing this. Yeah, no. And that is also like a weird like, hey, this doesn't take place in the main yeah. storyline, and this is a retelling of historic events and stuff. So yeah. like, I think they'll be okay on that. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to paint a picture of this being a bad game. Like, if you like Yakuza games, if you have liked listening to me talking about Yakuza games for like probably 200 episodes of this podcast you'll probably like this game a lot the way i do i'm actually itching to go back and play it right now which i haven't felt for a game for a while this series always does this to me i think they have also made some smart choices um in refinements to the game that i saw a little bit of in lost judgment but i think they've kind of pushed it further there's a new character in this game called akame who is as there have been in previous versions of this game, like she's a person running the criminal underground, and so rather than just go to her for information, like you might have to... Oh, I've forgotten the name of the the bigger guy in the first games. The, he's called, like, the gardener or something like that. Rather than going to these people just for information as part of the thing, they kind of become a, a gameplay hub. Mm. And so you go to them to unlock side missions. You go to them. They have an exclusive store that you get for 
the tasks in the game, like playing like 10 games of Mahjong and stuff, builds a point and reputation with this one person, and that unlocks different things in the game. It's smarter than you having to like wander around and just like randomly stumble into side quests or letting the side quests disrupt the flow of whatever you're trying to do. Um, there are just like lots and lots of uh, exclamation marks. They're called like um, stroll and patrol missions, I think is the name of them, where a person might be like, oh my gosh, I'm really hankering for some onigiri. And then you'll run to a shop and buy them some onigiri and give it to them. And then you get money as a result. A fetch also, quest type. Yeah, it's just like fetch quest type stuff. And they've also... You kind of need to do some of that stuff in this game in a way that I don't think was that prevalent in other ones because you are not gaining skill points per fight. They've just gone like, well, you had two meters in previous games. You had cash and you had uh, XP what if we just made it all into cash so like it's much easier to get money in the game to like do the fun silly like go into a host club or playing pool or playing mm. darts and all the stuff because money really isn't an issue in this game because it's there but you do need to use money to purchase upgrades to yourself so like it's all done through an app on your phone that is supposedly like a catalogue for the secret agent mm -hmm. society mm -hmm. thing um I I think that's kind of an interesting tension point because it's like I could buy this item that would allow me to you know for example there's always an item in Yakuza game called contact lenses which are something that helps you find the coin locker keys and mm. it's like I've got that equipped now but to buy that item I actually had to sacrifice an upgrade mm -hmm. for health you know because it was like well I either spend my money here or I spend my money there which do I do so that adds an interesting dimension to the game that I don't think has been there before. Um, and you will be happy to know, much like Lost Judgment, um, that there's a load of Master System games in this one. You've got a Master System, and you some of the collectibles within the game are Master System cartridges. And so I, I played a bit of Alex Kid this morning. The arcade select, Yeah, the arcade selection as well is kind of decent. There's some games that I've seen in other things. There's Fighting Bike Bus 2, Sonic the Fighters... Uh, Virtual Pointer 2.1, um, Sega Racing 2. What, Sega Rally? Uh, no, Sega Racing. Sega Racing, um, no. Yeah, is how it's called. It, oh. I, it, it's not it's Sega not, Rally. No, it's more like an F1 style. Well, like, like Oh, like, like vir yeah. Virtual Racing. Virtual Racing, yeah, but it's called like Sega Racing okay. 2. Um, and then there's also that weird Tron motorbike game that I can't I can never remember the name of Tron motorbike game. yeah there's a Sega game where you it's an arcade Sega game you're on motorbikes and you can hit your opponents right. you've got like, like a big stick it's called speed something or other I'm not familiar remember. with that yeah sounds like hang on but mixes road rash mixed with Tron yeah yeah kind of <laughs> oh it's gonna annoy me I'm just gonna quickly look up what it's called um but anyway uh all in all, pretty good. Uh, I've I've enjoyed my time with it. I've spent six hours. I'm on the second chapter. Apparently, it's not even that because it is a Gaiden game. Despite being priced at like a full price game, mm. it, it's not theoretically as long as previous. Yeah, but it sounds like you said you've played it quite a few hours already. You're on chapter two of how many? I've 
I have played six hours of it, and it honestly feels like I'm just scratching the surface of a lot of this thing. Well, it so. sounds like perfectly fine. I think I think this ratio of of gameplay time to to price, I think we need to get over this a bit because back I in I think so too. Back in the day, you'd pay near enough the same amount for a game which would last you what four hours or something so yeah exactly you know and, and sometimes it works to the, the detriment of the game like you extend a game too long for example uh turtle shredder's revenge you know yeah um that even wasn't a full price game but that was that was too long <laughs> far too long to especially to play in one sitting um which you, you know you might want to do with a game like that but i wouldn't recommend it i think the same thing has happened with Sonic Superstars. Now, perhaps it did come out for a little bit too much. Its recommended retail price was more than your average new release. Um, however, I've been playing that game for about six hours so far. I haven't completed it. The word on the street is it takes six hours to complete. I think I've got two more levels to do. I'm currently stuck on a boss, which is incredibly infuriating. It's an incredibly long boss um, yeah. with, with a checkpoint in the middle. It's like a, a side-scrolling shooting section. Um, it's 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 very difficult, and a, a sort of a bit of a difficulty spike, I would have to say, uh, in, in the game. And uh, maybe not a great design choice, but it's uh, yeah, it's holding holding up my progress somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> God, sorry, Matt. No, you were going to tell us about this say, game. I'm just looking at other quote-unquote popular games on how long to beat because. Uh, like I said, like a Dragon Gaiden, apparently here clocks in main story nine, main plus side seventeen, completionist thirty three hours. Wow! So you're playing it at a le- uh, quite a leisurely pace then. I'm just I'm just going around doing stuff. Like yeah. I just like playing Yakuza games. So like yeah. I'm just going to milk as much fun out of it as I possibly can. I'm not going to do all the like shoki get... and mahjong yeah. and stuff. But... It's a game that lends itself to to being longer because it's that kind of game with side quests and stuff. A game like Sonic is is fairly you know there's nothing wrong with a linear um, game. I, I I don't think, but that is no. going to mean it's not maybe as long as uh, and I don't think length necessarily makes it better in the case of a sonic game no i don't think so either and i mean like if i i would imagine this is the same price as super mario wonder which it, is it was released about hours. 10 pound yeah. more i think uh, the, oh no the... i know sonic sorry i'm talking about like a dragon oh like a dragon yeah, yeah 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 weird weirdly like a dragon gaiden also cheaper than sonic <laughs> yeah yeah interesting decision there i'm sure it won't remain that way <laughs> no i'm sure it won't either. um but yeah all yeah. in all very good game cannot recommend it enough hence why i've talked about it for 20 minutes yep. hence why i'm itching to go back and play it it's really good i will undoubtedly have completed it by the next time we podcast based wow. on the length of the game so i will let you know the full review and i yeah. imagine i'll probably end up playing Ishin or lost judgment on the back of this because i've had both of them sat yeah. by the tv for a while now yeah now now you've got in the mood for yakuza again now now my appetite has been you've tasted yakuza and you need to fill yourself on fruits of kazuma kiryu Mm. exactly Mm. there's also there's also tom um i would say to you actually i can see it's on game pass so like i would say to you to like boot it up and have Mm. a look at it because I genuinely think it's got one of the best cinematic openings I've okay. seen in a game in a very long time. Takes a look. It's very, very well shot and edited and looks really nice. I'll take a look because I, I'm, I'm trying things on Game Pass and deleting them, so I've got um, I've yeah. got the space. Um, I was hoping this week to have 
wrapped up Sonic Superstars and say I'd finished it, you know, especially based on what I was just saying then about it not being necessarily a very long game. But I tell you what, that experience last weekend of trying to do that boss was so frustrating. I've not wanted to return to it this weekend. Fair enough. I mean, a lot of the time I find it to video games now. I said, you know what? I play that. I'm going to get frustrated. I don't want to feel frustrated. I'll just no. watch something <laughs> where I don't yeah. have to. You Fair know. enough. So, but, you know, inevitably, I thought I'd go back to it. And, and if I go back to it fresh... And I've not, you know, if you're playing something over and over again, you start to get a little bit fed up with it. You know, yeah. if I come at it fresh, I might just be able to do it. And hopefully I'll be able to tell you um, my, my final thoughts on the game very soon once I go back to it. But it's actually a bit longer than I thought. I say six hours. I'm on um, level eight. There seems to be two more levels after that, from what I can say. So I have no issues with its length. Um, yeah. If you want to play a Sonic game, you want to play a Sonic game and you want it to be a certain way. There's something, though, that I keep seeing or keep hearing that people complain that the levels themselves are too long and right. it's sort of extending the length by making the levels long where they should be faster. But what, what the alternative is you have more levels that they're shorter. <laughs> How many levels do you want? I don't know. Um, and I don't I, think they feel like they're they're stretched out in a way they ever become boring. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of these people who have complained have ever played uh, Sonic Mania. I'm sure they have. The levels in Mania are long. I was about and, to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I don't know if I said this before, but I don't get it. Why are you complaining about the length of these levels when the Mania levels were just as long? <laughs> Well, it, yeah, I, 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 I could see what they're saying because, like, when I finally understood Sonic, it was because of Mania and because of those early levels where essentially, like, I realised, I was like, oh, it's, it's all about speed. It's about getting through this level as quickly as you can. And I that was one of my main complaints with Mania was, like, by the time I got to the end of that game, yes, it was doing some really clever stuff that redefined the gameplay, but it felt like those levels were really labyrinthian. Mm, especially, you know, quite on. early on, I think it's uh, Flying Battery Zone. Um, it's it's very long and I say labyrinthian. It's a great word, um, yes. and the boss actually isn't that easy. It's the spider one where Eggman comes yeah. down the spider. I, I I always struggle with that boss, <laughs> and that's very early on. So that's a bit of a bit of a roadblock in that game. I think Mania is great, and I think yes, pure gameplay wise, it is probably better than Superstars. But uh, Superstars comes with a lot of fresh ideas. It plays very well. It's very enjoyable. It's a bit overpriced, but you know, I, I don't think it deserves some of the criticism it has received. It, it feels very classic Sonic the Hedgehog, which is exactly what it's trying to achieve. So, yeah, and and you know what? I prefer Sonic over Mario as much as I think Wonder's amazing and it's wonderful. But I'll yeah. always prefer a Sonic game. I, you know, I like Mario a lot. I love playing Mario, but I'll always be more um, excited Team about Sonic. playing Sonic. I can't help well, it. I know. I mean, you know, this is you're blinded by nostalgia, right? Like well, it's, no, it's... I, I like the gameplay style is what it is. It's not just yeah. because I prefer the character. It's I like the pace of it, um, yeah. I suppose, is what it is. But, you know, I really enjoy it's Mario. Fair. Saying that, I haven't played Wonder in a week or so now, so uh, I, I need to I, get back on that. I, I think Wonder is going to be like my Christmas vacation mm. game. Because I, I think it's something that is going to be like, oh, I'm switching off for a week. I'm going to play a video game, and I think it's going to be that one. So, yeah, well, I mean, we'll it, you're going to have a great time with it, I'm sure. 
I also, I don't know, I, because I always do this, I buy every WarioWare game that comes out. So, of course, I yeah. bought um, WarioWare... Mi- Ooh, move it, sorry. <laughs> move it, yeah. Move it, which is great. This is uh, the latest in the WarioWare series. And it's it's sort of like um, Smooth Moves back on the Wii, where it's motion-based uh, minigames yeah. that ask you to uh, put the controllers in certain stances when, 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 when you play. So um, there's a variety of different stances involved you hold a joy-con in each hand maybe put your hands on your hips maybe put them up in the air out you know and and such yeah. um but yeah it actually brings a lot of fresh gameplay ideas in now you have two hands r- rather than back obviously in uh, smooth moves you primarily using just uh, one yeah so it opens up lots of new possibilities um very creative game uh, great first impression of that, another solid entry in the WarioWare series. I think I'd definitely Good. get more out of it playing it with other people. It is a bit odd on your own doing these silly games and not having anyone else there with yeah. you. Um, still fun. I can imagine. But uh, I yeah. imagine, yeah, having a few more people around, taking turns, or maybe playing some of the games multiplayer uh, modes, um, get a lot more out of it. Hopefully I'll get to uh, experience that sometime soon. The, the magic of social gaming. Yeah, no, I, I would imagine it does. But, it, but I mean, if you're having a good time on its own, I think that speaks to yeah, the yeah. strength of some of the yeah, games. So. Yeah, I, I have thought, that oh, this is clever. This is, you know, it, it is a very clever, well um, thought out game. And it's been a while since I've stood up to play a video game. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm glad that it's good because honestly, like I'd seen that it had come out but I had not heard anyone really sing its praises. Mm. So I'm glad to hear it's good. It is good. I... I actually, this is an interesting thing, right? Like, I've I've been listening to a lot of, like, well, like, I listen to a lot of, like, tech podcasts and everything else, and, like, people have been talking about since, like, the decline of Twitter and the rise of, like, blue check marks on Twitter and that affecting how Twitter is done. I think my, like, discoverability of new games is very hard. Mm. All of a sudden, it feels like we're going back to the way the internet once was. We didn't know about superstars, did you? Well, no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't know about superstars, but like, I it feels to me the way Twitter was like a, not only a year ago. I perhaps would have seen more people talking about superstars, but now I don't get that anymore because I just get viral memes anytime I go on to X. Mm. So I I don't see enough of that stuff, and I don't actively follow enough gaming things anymore to be exposed to that in the same There's way. There's a lot of noise so, on the internet, isn't there? It's, uh, there is. Distractions, videos, short video distractions that you just end up watching, don't you? It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a bit it of a rabbit hole. It is what it is. But it, it's, it's not actually stuff of, I would argue, any value other no. than a smile, right? Which is fine. Well, yeah, yeah, a smile wrong, is you know? fine, yeah. yeah. But uh, there's a lot of it, and perhaps sometimes it gets gets in the way of what it you does. Know. The import, more important stuff, do. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest, I haven't really played that much more this week. Um, I I can talk briefly about my experience of going to uh, the Pokemon exhibit mm-hmm. at the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice. Uh, we went there last weekend. We drove down over the weekend. Um, I bought the tickets ahead of the announcement that the the Pikachu and the Feltat promo card wasn't going to be given out anymore, which is a bit disappointing. But I understand why people were being absolute tool rags. I read a couple of articles on it afterwards, and like 
people were being harassed as they were leaving the museum by like scalpers offering them like 50 euro for their card terrible or people were literally like harassing people in the queue on the way there because they knew they could make money out of the card and saying like how would this that have happened back in the day i remember they gave away cards at the movie you know uh, for the pokemon movies and, and and such but that I can't. I don't think that ever happened then. People trying to. I I, no, I don't think so either. I think it's just the, the perception of like. But like Pokemon cards are hard anyway. Like I've I've seen stories of like targets and WalMarts and the states not stocking cards anymore, uh, or didn't putting them in glass cabinets, locked glass them in glass cabinets. cabinets because people are like raiding them, trying to like get the exclusive Pokemon cards. And, like, I say this in the nicest possible way, right? Like, you and I have talked about this, I think, with One Piece stuff. I never hit good Pokemon cards. Like, Mm. that seems like the biggest money pit for you to go down. Like, yes, I know you can pull a Charizard or you can pull, like, a full art trailer that'll be worth, like, $200. But, like, I never even hit, like, EX cards when I buy boosters. Like, I would imagine you'd have to buy a considerable amount of cards... Mm. Yeah, you do have to buy a lot of cards to reap the benefits. Sometimes you can just get lucky, of course, with with anything. But uh, yeah, but I mean, it like, often feels like it's cards. hard to like, find these exclusive that, cards. Yeah, yeah, it's just gambling for adults. Yeah, and, like, and I'm so glad that I don't buy Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like every time I buy a pack of Pokemon cards, I'm reminded why I don't buy a pack of Pokemon cards because, yeah. like. Unlike One Piece, which admittedly also makes problems with the One Piece trading card game, that you can buy a box and the cards in the box are worth more than a box, which means everyone just buys boxes of cards, so there aren't many available. It's the opposite problem for me with the Pokemon cards. Like I'll pay, what, like four or five quid for a pack of cards or whatever it is, and I'll open it. I'll get nothing I wanted and nothing of value. And I'm like, well, this is a waste. Well, of this fiber. is it. You like, might as well throw them in the bin at that point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, exactly. I, it's just, it is throwing away money based on the random chance element that you might get something you want. Gambling. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like I, and that's why, if I were to play Pokemon, I would just buy single cards. And admittedly, you need people who are willing to spend like hundreds and hundreds of pounds to try and get that fucking rare Charizard or whatever it is to enable that market to exist but it just seems broken to me i mm. also heard now from friends who play that game a lot they've reduced the you know you get those uh pokemon online code things yeah. with you they've reduced the amount of digital cards you get in those now so you need to buy twice as many to get the same amount of cards mm. and i'm like what the fuck are they doing it just feels really weird yeah but yeah, that proves isn't it at the event um that you attended um, yes, the, it segway. just shows how crazy. Uh, it does, and like I, I would, I, I hate that so many bad actors who were looking for a quick way to make money. Which I mean, I know it is hard out there. Like it's not the easiest time. Bad actors. To, yeah, bad actors. You never heard that term before. That like that's a an internet term for like people who would abuse online systems and stuff. Oh, okay. Like I just actors. thought you literally meant actors aren't that good at no, starting games. No, no, Pokemon no. cards can make some money. No, I'm I'm not talk. I'm not talking about. Oh, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. No, I'm trying to think of a bad no, actor. No. Um, I'm I'm not talking about that. It's like people who would go away and exploit the situation for their own benefit, which is the case here. And like, as with all things, especially with Pokemon, it's fucking kids, man. Like, I don't. 
yes, there is a degree of like, I like Pokemon stuff. I mean, I was willing to drive to this exhibit to see it, not only because I've never been to Amsterdam and wanted to go to the Van Gogh exhibit, uh, the museum, but like, because this was there, like this was the incentive. And I have said to friends who were like, oh, I don't know, I feel about like brands and fine art and all this kind of stuff. That museum is packed with kids yeah. who would never otherwise wanted to have gone to an art museum on a Saturday afternoon. So, like, I'm fully behind this collaboration. I think it's really cool. It makes a lot of sense as well once you know that Van Gogh was inspired by Japanese prints. I did not know that before I went mm. there. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting that he he liked Hokusai and all this mm. other stuff. So, that was good. Um, yeah, and I'm also the, the same as as you i did think initially like like other people you've spoken to who who thought mm, i don't like this you know uh yeah bringing this sort of marketing or sort of a big brand thing into into fine art but as you say i'm just repeating what you said now it's bringing it's bringing kids in i i think that's great because they're going to see different things when they're in there they're not just going to look at the one thing hopefully yeah. or even if they do that they, they, they discover one artist that they didn't already know about you know yeah and um, like i i will i to, will say this about the the Mongo Museum as well. It's not just Van Gogh. It's mm. um, his brother was a an art dealer while Van Gogh was still alive, and so like he he purchased paintings which are part of the family collection, which is what the Van Gogh Museum is. Mm. Uh, but also Van Gogh was like friends with artists of that time. So like there's Monet's there. There mm. are Toulouse the Trek paintings. There's like some Rodin sculpture and stuff. It's fucking cool. There's like a selection of stuff that I'm like, oh I did not expect to see a Toulouse the Trek painting here. This is dope. I'm glad I've seen this in real life. Yeah. And well, it certainly works the benefit of the the Pokemon company, it, it also has some um, educational value as well. So I think it's uh... It it does it does for sure, and I I think if you are a nerd, um, obviously like Amsterdam has been doing a lot of. It's nothing new. Let's just say it's also nothing new tying in brands with. Uh, no, of course museums not. I'm... Or uh, I, I think there was a song in the Hedgehog promotion at the Sea Life Centre uh, okay. a number of years ago now. Um, just no... as prestigious. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, you I'm... know, you know, it taught uh, kids about fish. Well, you know, being. Brought in by their favourite hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, Sonic and water always, always. Yeah, absolutely not. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I think that this is actually a better way to do this than the other way around, which is when you see, like, any any time I see Keith Herring socks and stuff, I know that he wanted his work to be out there. He wanted his work to be like. A, a mainstay of popular culture because he he believed personally that his art could bring like awareness to causes and also to like make people happy and that's mm-hmm. why he mm-hmm. drew the art the way he did but i'm always like mm, how do i i don't know how i feel about like this being all over these pajamas in pre-mark like i know it's the artist's intention but it does feel like are there are certain artists who are easy to commoditize and to quickly like make merchandise out of and then generate revenue from it that are separated from the art? I think the worst thing is art. you think there's someone in the office saying, "How can we make money?" You know, yes. uh, what's popular at the minute? Get that on a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's business, I suppose, isn't it? You know, it is. But without uh, any is... thought behind it, without any appreciation of it or understanding of it, it's just 
oh that makes money we get it in we put it on a t-shirt but the, this is this is an asset but that's it that's everything let's, yeah, yeah. let's leverage this asset to the best of its ability like i said it's less ski like it's less skeezy than i originally thought with someone like keith herring because that was always his intent but like you know like you see it on everything now but you, you buy it because you appreciate it you appreciate the art and yes, you think yeah. i like that art. i'd like to have it on a t-shirt you know yeah exactly like Fine. i mean it's it's no different than buying a print and putting it on your wall i suppose but it's always interesting when you find someone who maybe wears a, a band shirt or something, you know, and they're not really familiar with the band, but they like the logo. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm not a person that's going to be like an arsehole about it and be like, yeah. name me three Black Sabbath songs. like something. <laughs> oh, I had that like, once. I had, yeah. uh, what's your favourite Kiss song? Because wearing a Kiss t-shirt. And I feel yeah. like they expected me to like not be able to answer. Yeah. But maybe on the other hand, they were just, it's purely like, they know so I was a fan, wanted to talk about, a band that they liked as well but you, yeah. you think like oh am i being tested here and it was yeah, easy enough they, for me to say love gun but i mean it's the obvious answer that's yeah, why yeah, yeah i was actually going to say to you love gun question mark yeah of course yeah so yeah it, it, it's yeah. all it's all good it's all good isn't it matt it is it is it's fine yeah. um amsterdam seems like a cool city as i was going to say they've done a lot recently to try and discourage people going there for like stag do's and stuff and yes the red light district is there yes like you can go to a cafe if that is your thing and smoke like i didn't do any of that i there was a we really, don't really, smoke i don't no <laughs> um i do not partake but it's it was just it was but interesting to walk around yeah. I, if he did that option's there to you i will not yucky um uh, i went to a really cool comic shop called hanks um that had a very very good selection of manga i actually picked up the fooly cooly uh omnibus which i've been after for a while in english um in english yeah they had a massive selection of english comics because um, they don't translate everything as we've discussed previously no, exactly, and I, I don't. To be honest with you, I didn't really explore if they had Dutch comics. Like, I, there was a huge, the top floor was kind of like manga and like nerd stuff, and they had lots of like uh, figures and statues mm. and things, as well as manga and some trading cards. I bought some One Piece stuff there. Uh, but they also did. had a a lower floor there, and that was full of like American comics and like bagged and boarded stuff. So I imagine if you wanted to buy vintage English comics and probably Dutch comics, they were probably down there. Um, it seemed cool. It was a really nice store. I also finally got to go to Game Over Question Mark, which is a, a store that I have long wanted to go to. I've heard to it referred to as the best retro game. You store did mention in it, Europe. Yeah, yeah. To to you, off my oh, de- oh, God, sorry. Yeah, see, this is how it is. Um, I went there. They had a they had a very impressive selection of video games. I would argue it it feels kind of picked over. Like my the heyday of seeing pictures of people going there, they definitely still have a lot of stuff, and they definitely still have a lot of cool stuff. Like a a focus also on Japanese games, so like lots of Japanese Mega Drive stuff, which is becoming harder to find. I didn't see fucking any in Japan, so I was quite impressed by that. Um, th- yeah, it's just it seemed like a cool store, and I imagine going there like four or five years ago before COVID and before prices spiked. I imagine it would have been amazing. Yeah. But don't get I me started think- on the price of video games retro video games i know i'm not this is not the conversation we would have but i did actually pick up um pocket racing for the game boy color which is a game that i haven't had a chance to ever see like i have it for the game boy advance but it was one of the missing like last 20 games i needed 
And it's always nice to be like, oh, cool, I've got one of these. I am genuinely thinking after Christmas, once expenses are out of the way, I may just buy the last Game Boy Color games I need and be done mm. with it and just be like, cool, I do not need to But that sounds bad, you know, just be done with it. Yeah. Like, I need to well, do it. You don't have to do it. You want to do it, so... I want, I want to do it, but yeah. it's also just like, none of these games are really worth much and none of them are really games I want to play. Suppose you, you do I, get up to a point, though, if you only got a few left to collect, you think, oh, I could do with... Yeah, it's like it's yeah. the collecting bug in us all, isn't it? You know, filling in the it gaps is. type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But like most of my most of my I'm gonna buy some random collectibles money has been on one piece cards. And even there I'm slowing down to be honest with you, because the rate the rate they're releasing cards at the moment feels like, hmm, I could buy these starter decks, but that that's another thirty quid this month on top of cards I've already bought. It just feels like it's very fast paced and also like the second-hand market for individual cards is really rough. Like, they banned a lot of cards recently, and so the prices have exploded. Anyway, what I'm not going to talk about that. What I will say, though, for an anime-slash-manga recommendation this week, because you were like, oh, I'm not going to do... Like, I want to watch something, or I want to play something instead of Sonic. I would recommend <laughs> nothing more, Tom Parry, than you check out Pluto on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um it is an absolutely outstanding manga that I've... I started reading last Christmas and the volumes are out of print, but fortunately because of this Netflix now making a series of it, it has come back into print. Um, it is essentially based on a... It, it's a retelling of an arc from Astro Boy, from Tezuka's original Astro Boy comics, redone by the artist who did 20th Century Boy, which is a very popular manga series. Um, I'm just trying to find the artist's name. But it's essentially it's a story about uh, robots. There's like a murder mystery going on around someone killing robots and robot scientists and also just using these robots who are involved in this thing because there's seven amazing robots in Astro Boy and like some of them are being killed to tell a story about like what it is to be human and what it is to be AI in the face of these robots and there's lots of like yeah. it, it's using AI not only is that to have that question of like what it means to be human but also like it, it plays on some stuff with like exploring like race and why why people become racist and all this kind of stuff like it, it's got a lot to say and political and social commentary Political and social commentary, as well as gorgeous art in the manga, and honestly, some fucking outstanding animation from what I saw. Okay. I watched the first episode of the Netflix one because there's eight volumes, and so I think there's mm. eight Netflix episodes. They're all an hour long. They're pretty. They're mm. pretty weighty things. They're all beautifully animated. But I, I got to the end of the second one. I was like, I have all of these mangas upstairs. This is where I am in the manga. I want to go read the manga before I watch this because, mm. like. Mm. I, I think it lands better. And there's not enough hard sci-fi in manga, so I was like, right, I'm going to read this first and I'm no, going to go d- watch it. That's good. good. I recommend it. Excellent. Wholeheartedly. Oh, thank you, Matt. I've played a couple of other things I can briefly touch on, but um, I only briefly it. because I've only briefly touched them. Ooh. And and that was, uh, I played a bit of Justant, is it called? Or maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's, it's the climbing game that's on it's Game It's the Pass new now. one from... Don't, Don't nod. nod. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel this is good. It's 
I can see it being good. <laughs> it's okay. very well presented. I've always liked the idea of climbing in, in video games and thinking, how can you replicate that on the controller? Oh, yeah, you, your hands are the triggers. Oh, I get it, yeah. I've always yeah. thought it's a solid sort of gameplay idea. But at the same time, I felt like it was a bit, I don't know, a bit frustrating as well. Uh, maybe it's just something you take some time with and adjust to and it becomes very fluid to play and, and and very enjoyable but i'm afraid as how i am with video games if it doesn't grab me straight away i yeah, don't I... always give it the time that i probably should but then i think well i could be playing a game that you know i, I really quite enjoy um so yes it didn't grab me it didn't make me really want to play any more of it i appreciated what it was doing but from the brief time i did spend with it i i didn't think it was worth playing through and that's terrible of me but that's a shame i yeah. i hear i've heard good things i'm about sure it's game. great the, i'm sure it's great it just the only the only complaint i've heard about this game is going to put the final nail in you never touching this game again is that i hear a lot of the story beats are told through notes like as in like notes you have to read oh yeah and like unfortunately audio. i felt my frustration straight away where i had to sit through a cutscene i couldn't skip um and it wasn't mm -hmm. a long cutscene either you know um, so yeah. it says a lot yeah. more about me than it does about the game but i uh, i like to I... with a video game i just like to turn it on and be able to play it straight away if i want you know, but I think narrative does work in video games occasionally, but it depends. It, it it really does depend. I like Cyberpunk. I like Shenmue. I, I do like narrative video games, but sometimes I just want to play a game. And I think because this game sort of so based around a, a gameplay mechanic, you know, um, yeah. and it's all about climbing. I think I just wanted to get in there and start climbing straight away. And then people will say to me, hang on, that cutscene at the beginning is not very long. It's just establishing the, the, the place, you know, but it's uh, could do with being a bit quicker. Okay. Oh, dear. I, I am terrible. I hate to talk like this about video games now, but I'm, I'm really, yeah. You need it to grab you and you need to get in there really quickly. Oh, dear. It's, it's bad, isn't it? There's a there's a game that's come out right that has piqued my interest because Jusant was one game that mm. I looked at this week. I was like, oh, I really oh, that looks really interesting. It did to me um, as well on on the trailers. Oh. Have you have you seen? Um, and it is on the Xbox Series X and S, so it may actually be part of Game Pass. I cannot confirm that at this moment in time because I can't see if it is mm. or not. Uh, the game is a game out called The Invincible. Mm. Um, it's a it's a site it's an adventure video game is how it's described on wikipedia but it is in our favorite genre tom parry it is a walking simulator oh, yeah. uh, you, know, you know i just go from saying that to saying yeah do you say we like walking simulators me myself yeah, we fucking love walking simulators um but like it's because of the narrative and the story and the intrigue right and like you are in that world and you're interacting with it Oh dear me! Yeah, I see it now. I'm looking at it on my screen. It's available yeah. for. Uh, well, it's a lot of PS5 here. Yeah, it's on PS5. It's on Windows. Xbox. Um, yeah, yeah, Windows. It, it. Where all good games are sold, except the Switch. <laughs> um, it's based on um, a book 
by a Polish author called Stanislaw Lem, who is a bit of a legend within sci-fi stuff. His main work of fiction that you will know, even though you haven't read a lot of sci-fi. And to mm. be fair, I haven't also I haven't read anything by uh, Stanislaw Lem. He wrote Solaris. Which oh, has right, yeah, been yeah. made into a film several times. It, 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 is... It's funny that film because uh, I didn't realize it was two discs <laughs> on the DVD, yeah. and I watched the first disc and I was like, "Where's this? What? That was a very abrupt ending." I think that's yeah. the only time I can think that's actually ever happened to me. I thought, I think it's because maybe I wasn't enjoying it that much, and I sort of expected, "Yeah, that's probably the ending based on my enjoyment of this <laughs> so far." Um, yeah. Sorry, no, I did appreciate things about it, though. I'm, I'm not totally poo-pooing it, um, but, um, yeah, not not something I, I, I got incredibly into. Yeah. So so, so but, I don't um, know if that bodes well for this. <laughs> well, I, I have heard that this is an interesting thing. I've also heard that you should kind of go in blind to what the story is because mm. it, it's supposed to be an interesting thing. But I have, I have heard it, Tom Parry, and why I was a particularly like, ooh, um, I've heard... Um, the words everybody's gone to the rapture like thrown around a lot in relation to this game and as you know i fucking love everybody's gone to the rapture so me too i i'm i'm very much itching to play this it's that intrigue yeah it it keeps you going isn't it If, if it manages to get you intrigued and get you wanting to know how this is going to develop and rapture does that incredibly well so this does sound interesting it looks it looks good. It looks um it has like hard sci fi, like nineteen fifties vibes to it. I saw a thing that kind of looked like a walker from War of the Worlds in the trailer and I was like, Right, cool, mm. that's enough. Mm. Yes, I wanna play this. I didn't know about this so, game, Matthew, so you do know you did are, I. But you do you did. No, the only reason I did though is because there was an article about it on Kotaku. Uh. Whereas this feels like a game that would have only surfaced to me a year ago, but I would have probably already played it and talked about it in this podcast. It came out in October. Really? October? So, yeah. There's Let me a just double-check yeah, that. Let me just double-check that, actually, because the date might... No, I, I stand corrected. It came out on the 6th of November, so I'm not that oh, far it's off new. the Oh, it's new. That. It, it came new. out last week. This week. This week. It came out this week. It came out this week. At the time of recording now, what immediately dated the podcast. Sorry, I know do that i mean it's coming out this day anyway it's fine um we, spoilers we record on the day it's released or if when i manage to release it on the day it's recorded um yeah it looks good what else have you been playing <laughs> nothing well um, you I, were like i've i've played a few things uh, so i, I said a few things more. i played that one um uh, i played sega mega drive collection on the switch bit of sonic 3d I'm terrible, aren't I? Um, what else have I played? I played the Wa- WarioWare. Wa- WarioWare. Uh, uh, I've sampled Fortnite. Uh, had a good session on that Thursday. You know the the OG yeah. um, uh, season, which is relatively short from from what I've heard. Okay, I haven't I haven't touched it. I won't. No. I've been meaning to dive in and have a look at it. There's also um oh, the, the, there's a a post Malone collaboration in Apex Legends at the moment, and mm. I'm like, "What the fuck is that about?" But apparently, it's really good. So, oh, you, well, I mean, you are a fan. I may need to dip into that the Apex? of Apex, not Post Malone. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, no, to be no. to be fair, I've, I've nothing against Post Malone. I've like, seen a video where he was with some Pokemon. 
That was quite entertaining. Yeah, he he's also a, he's he's one of us. Tommy is a massive nerd. Um, yeah. He bought that Magic the Gathering card for two million. Oh yeah, I yeah, know. heard yeah. about that. Yeah, I saw something. Yeah. You know, we're talking about these sort of like short clips on online that sort of grab your attention and take take yourself yeah. away from maybe stuff you you were actually meant to be looking at. Uh, there was this. I saw, is it the well, What's the show? Where people is it porn shop or porn star? I think is it called uh, porn. Is it called porn stars? P A W N stars. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, anyway, it was a guy there with a deck, a sealed magic deck. You know, very early, very valuable. Um, he yeah. bought it for forty thousand dollars. Yeah. No, thirty thousand dollars. He bought it for thirty thousand. Yeah. He wanted forty thousand for it, right? Yeah. A guy comes up, values it. He says mm, twenty three thousand value probably, and he's thinking, "All oh, right, yeah." Well, well, well. Would you take? Um, we take twenty twenty five for it, and and if I get this special card, yeah. the the black something, what is Lotus, it? Yeah. Black Lotus. Black Lotus. I'll yeah. give you half the value of the Black Lotus, and he okay. was like, "Okay, I'll make a loss of." Five thousand dollars. I'll sell it you for twenty-five thousand. He opened yeah. it up, and in there was a card. The rare. There were two two rares, I think, in this. One of the rares yeah. was yeah. worth a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And then this guy had sold it, the whole deck for twenty-five thousand dollars. That's how it is, man. Like there's a there's a lot of. So magic's got this whole weird thing about it. I'm not going to get into it, but essentially, like, there's a lot of money in old magic cards, um, particularly stuff from Alpha and from Beta. The... I think he got yeah, it. So, yeah. Yeah. Or so there's beta. Alpha and there's Beta. Yeah, there's Alpha and there's Beta. But then there's the first set that was released is called Unlimited, which is less. It has all of the old cards from the Alpha and Beta in it. But there are still Black Lotuses. Dual lands are the big fucking thing. But honestly, between an alpha and a beta release of a card to an unlimited, you're literally talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. Was crazy. So, 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 Julian, we've talked about cards on this episode. I thought I'd just throw yeah. that in there. I, I, I don't have... think I've played any more video games. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I will admit to while we're on this subject of like magic cards and like the internet surfacing you things one of my guilty pleasures is to watch people open magic cards yeah well they you would like this video i've spoiled it yeah the excitement I'm, for you now i mean to be to be fair like it doesn't surprise me that what is in there was worth more but like that that again is gambling isn't it it's yeah and he the took the decision to take a loss on that you know instead of opening I, it himself and potentially finding. it I imagine, from what I know of porn stars, that he probably had already been paid to appear on the show, and so he didn't really care. <laughs> he I've did also, look I've like all... he was slightly pissed off, to be fair. But yeah, the fact I'll that he's sh- yeah. able to spend $30,000 on a yeah. deck of cards yeah, sort know, of blows my mind how he has that sort of income maybe he's been working in the area for a while and he's made a lot of money out of buying and selling cards but i mean that that is that is the main thing with a lot of people who are invested in magic the gathering is they they buy and sell a lot of cards i mean like our our good friend justin had a magic the gathering deck worth at least like two grand at one point and he Mm. left it on a bus and he was devastated but like he had bought those cards when they weren't two grand had lots of spares of other cards that were worth like 
a couple of hundred dollars and just sold them because like you know same theoretically tom what we should do with our video game collections <laughs> you know that same thing where they picked them up for like the cost of retail and now they're worth like several hundreds of dollars so i i am still surprised you know when accidentally you know i i see something and i go wow i own that mm, didn't know yeah. it was worth that much yeah, yeah, I feel that way you know, sometimes. It's going to be, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do because, you know, video game collecting for me now, I, I don't see myself, I'm not that excited about it. I'm, I'm not that interested in it. I used to, and this, this really kind of, I don't know how I got to this point, to be fair, because I used to be so into it. And I used to get so excited mm -hmm, and I wanted to buy this particular game. Like I'd see a video and I'd think, oh, yeah, I think that looks good. I need to buy it. Maybe there's a realisation, you know, I'm going to buy it and probably not play it, you know. Um, yeah. Probably came to me. And now I don't feel like I need to buy these games anymore. I don't, I don't have the desire to do it. No. It just went. It went. And um, I don't feel it coming back at the moment in my life. So I, I don't know what's going to happen I, with that. I, I mean, as someone who's literally, like, I... I fell out of video gaming when I went to university. I didn't like I bought video games. Like I played Halo. Like I played. I had a 360. But like there were there were times where I could have bought Panzer Dragoon Saga and I didn't because I was like I'm not gonna play it. I'm not really that really into games. And like now then I got back into games. I think in part due to this podcast mm. and also moving to Denmark and having disposable income and going to flea markets and finding stuff I wanted. Like definitely, or you have. get everything that you you want as well. That's an also a factor. Yeah, you know, yeah. you sort of like, yeah. It you it just happens, point. doesn't it? I mean, like you just you go through phases a bit. I think, like, yeah, it could come back. A... I don't say it won't ever yeah. come back. This this feeling, but yeah, there's definitely a reluctance on my part to sell certain things because I'm like, well, if I ever sell that, I'm never going to own it again because it's ridiculous money and it'll probably get even worse. But at the same time, have I played the copy of Gimmick that I've got in the last eight years? Once, maybe? Mm. I've never put in Michigan Report from Hell, despite how much I wanted to play that game, and then, how actively I sorted it down. You find people, though, and, and YouTube, I've seen this on YouTube, that have sold full collections, and then you see them on the videos, I'm just buying back all my collection. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, well, it's because the thrill it's come back, hasn't people. it? It's like yeah. they lost it. They lost the interest. They didn't want it anymore. But then years later, they decided they did, <laughs> and then they spend yeah. the money again. You know, and and now, of course, collecting video games is a lot more expensive than it was. It, it and it yeah. doesn't show any. I saw something actually. I didn't look at the video, but it, the headline and the headlines always meant to grab you, aren't they? It says, "Oh, video yeah. game crash. The prices are all going down again." Um, I don't know. I didn't check thought, the video out, but did you rub your hands together and think, "Good"? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see stuff like that. It got to the point where it's really not not very full, but you have to have a have a uh, either sell what you've got or have a, a high income to to yeah. afford a hobby like um, collecting video games. Um, but yeah, even sure. you know, even you know, in situations where I have had the money to do so, I've not necessarily felt like it's something I, I really need to do. I, I'm not, I did buy I did buy a game. Now, I bought Prince Valiant for the NES. Oh, you did buy it. £17.20 delivered. Cheaper was that than, not... It was, was like 200 kroner, so it was slightly more. 
uh, when okay. we saw it when I was last in Denmark. Yeah. So that was the last retro game that I bought. And you know what? I don't know if I needed it. Yeah. I played it. I, I played it. Yeah. And I was like, well, how do you get past that bit? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey man, you should have played it on an emulator first and then gone like, is this worth my time and money? Do I want it? That's what I do these days. Yeah, yeah. So so I what tr- was it that, What was it that persuaded me? You know, actually, I, I'd like to own this. I'd like to have this in the collection. You know, it's because well, you, you went to a retro game shop and you saw it. And then you I found it cheaper. Good things about that, and then you found it cheaper and you're like, oh, it's a bargain. But it, it isn't a bargain <laughs> unless you actually want it. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't, Realize I did what? watch a video of it and I thought, oh, this looks good. But obviously, the guy played it a lot better than me. I think if, yeah. um, you know, uh, in that, that case, you want an instruction book or you want to just learn how some of the controls work because perhaps that's all it is. Yeah. It's not a bad game by any means. Um, but yeah, I didn't play it for long and, and then I haven't really thought about playing it again or, or taking making the effort to sort of work out how to play it properly. You know, and, right. and so, you know, you think perhaps, you know, I needn't have. I didn't have, have, have spent the money. And that's just further proof for me. Perhaps, you know, I don't need to be, be buying new retro video games, adding more retro video games to my already considerable collection. Yeah. There we go. So I mean, so I, yeah. I know we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but it's just something that I constantly... It hasn't going away, this feeling. It, yeah. it, it hasn't reignited in me this need to collect. Um, yeah, I I still <laughs> yeah. My, only my fear is right. Like honestly, I think I could do away with ninety percent of my collection. I think I would keep my NES stuff, most of it. I would mm. keep my Super Nintendo RPGs, mm. and I would definitely keep all my Game Boy stuff, yeah. which I know is a lot of stuff. But like, I've got like it's so funny how couple, I've got I've got hundreds of PS2 games. I'm probably never it's, going to. Play isn't again. it funny how this happens? You know, you're at a point when you collect a video game, you think, "I'm never going to sell these. I'm I, I I'm never. Yeah. I need these. It is so. It's everything. It's so important. I must collect all these games." And you see these people, perhaps who have YouTube channels, are starting fresh and they're collecting and they're talking about it and they're, they're loving it. They're loving it, yeah. and it's quite possible. They'll also get to the same point that, that yeah, ourselves course. have got, where they and you then that's just the nature of collecting something. I think it is. Yeah, it is hundred percent. I mean, it's just like your life priorities change, and then with them, so do your passions wax and wane. So mm. it is what it is. Mm. But anyway, you know, when I say to that... people about this, you know, and they say, yeah. do, "I don't play many video games," right? Well, you own lots of video games. I said, "Oh yeah." But I'm still passionate about video games. And and when I get that game that grabs me, I can be very yeah. passionate and enthusiastic about it. It just doesn't happen quite as much as it might used to have done. Yeah. Well, I I think the thing is, right, it's exposure, isn't it? Mm. Like, we we do a podcast. Like, we are more passionate than most people about video games. Like, we, we've taken the effort, time and effort to play a lot of them. We discuss them on a weekly mm. basis or monthly basis, I guess, at this point. But, like... We we do talk about games. We do have a lot of feelings about them. And honestly, I think this is what happens with like film critics and stuff. Mm. You're exposed so much to a particular kind of media that you it needs to be something new and refreshing for you to like care about it because we've because we have invested so much time and passion into things that it it needs to be something new. It needs to be yeah. Something it needs to be a like, new Shenmue game. Yeah, I will. Or a I new will Yakuza get game. To bring it back to what we've been talking about 
I mean, to be fair, like it needs to be a, a new Yakuza game for me to be like, oh, yes, this is scratching the itch I want to scratch. Or a new Sonic but, game, in my case. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's definitely like that area of like, oh, well, these are the games we like playing, and of course, we're going to play more of them. But fuck me, man. Like, if it. Oh, there was actually. There's a stupid game I've been playing on my phone. Um, it's apparently also available on Nintendo Switch. Um, talking about stuff I've played, because I've lost a good couple of hours to this game mm. this week. It is called Sukiya uh, uh, game, which I think is Japanese fruit. Right. And essentially, what it is is like it's like, it's kind of like threes meets um, something like Poyo Poyo. Mm. Uh, you are it's just like a, it's a well. You're dropping things down from the top, and essentially, what they are are little pieces of fruit, and all of these little pieces of fruit fold into each other the same way that like threes cards mm. fold into each other. So there's like. Two berries is the same as an apple. Like so, if you drop two berries on each other, they form into an apple. And if you drop two apples together, they form into a grape. If you drop two grapes or plums, I think it is mm. rather than the grape, it would make sense. If you drop two plums together, they become an orange or a nectarine. If you drop two nectarines together, they become yeah. an orange, etc. It makes some sort of so sense. You drop, yeah, yeah. You're dropping these things into the well, and they are becoming bigger fruit as a result of that right, bigger circles, yeah. like poyos. Yes, and because they are circular, obviously they roll and they have momentum and wow. stuff within this arena. It's really fun. The satisfying like, oh, a... um, yeah. movement and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's a, it's a neat little game, and mm. like that's what I like. The same way I liked Wordle. The same way that you know, like there are small viral things. The same sure. way I like ridiculous fishing. It's because. Sure. It's just a small thing. It just feels new, and there's a freshness to it, and I love that, and I yeah. like experiencing that stuff. Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors, perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Like, small experience you get, and you play it, and you're like, oh, this is something different. I like this. Mm. It's not to say that I need to play it for, like, 50 hours, mm. but I, I just like sampling stuff, and that's why I'm still passionate about games, because I believe in it as a medium. Yeah. And, like... All things considered, it's still in its infancy. Like we, we can still make much more different experiences. Video games in like fifty years, I undoubtedly are going to look so much different to video games now. Mm. And that's why I like video games. Mm. It's like it's the passion for what is at the core of it, and it's just like fun. It's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. I just want. Honestly, I read a really interesting article a couple of weeks ago about the metaverse. Uh, it was, uh, it's like a fast company article or something. It's like why Silicon Valley, why si why the metaverse will never come from Silicon Valley was essentially like the title of the article. And it was talking about like, well, if you look at Silicon Valley, other than Facebook, which is like about making connections and stuff, and obviously they've thrown a lot of money into this, uh, rebranding themselves as Meta mm -hmm. and making a metaverse. The the whole thing of like most of these companies that are really dialed in either on AI or on metaverse stuff are all like they all made production apps and they all made like you know like time management hack apps and mm. stuff and like calendars and like the the crux of the article was like well none of these people understand fun all of these people are trying to build a metaverse that will like save them time and energy and like you know they will optimize their fucking digital life the same way they optimize their wardrobe where it's all the same t-shirts so they don't have to waste gray cells making a decision and like that's the opposite of video games mm. like why video games exist is because people want to have fun and they want to waste time and they want to like 
invest themselves in something that gives them joy. They want, like, yeah, yeah, and you get invested. The same, this is it, yeah. the same, the same people who make video games are not the same people that make a really good productivity app. And it's a different, until yeah, different, it's area. a different thing. Mm. And like because of that, they're just like, well, you know, the, the metaverse or whatever. It will, if it's going to come, it'll come from a video game. It'll come from something like I don't know. It'll be a Fortnite, it'll be a Destiny, it'll mm. be a games as a service that actually manages to crack that and boil something up to the top rather than it being a, you know, a, a, a company that doesn't actually understand fun and, like, obviously are run by people who who don't, you know, who don't actively play video games and don't want to mm-hmm. engage in this stuff in their spare time because they see it as a waste of time. And, like, mm. how if you... If you see the experience you're making as a waste of time, how can you ever make it in a meaningful way that's actually going to move people to do fun things? Well said, Matt. Wow. We, we've Rah! really got into the, the, the meat of this uh, discussion. We did, as we, as we were wrapping up this podcast, no less. So apologies for this running slightly longer than usual. But yeah. More bang for your book. Day, more Not bang that you for pay your for back. this. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Though you could if you want to, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we will take your money. You're very welcome. Um, but yes. no, no, this is our gift to you, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to episode 301 beep, 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 beep. of yeah. Tom and Matt Attack. I hope you have. If you have, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook.com at forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. You can find us on x um at game you have to me, say it like that. for him and also uh at tma cast for the two of us you can also listen to us on blastprocess.com um we're on tomamattack.com forward slash podcast um we're in itunes stitcher and spotify give us a cheeky rate subscribe let us know you're listening etc etc one or two people did actually reach out to me personally and said like oh i listen i really enjoy the podcast and I even had someone the other day going like, you guys aren't doing it anymore. And I was like, no, we just do it more intermittently. They're like, oh, great. I'm going to go catch up. So thank you. you. That's that's great to hear. All right. Yeah. So yes, there are people out there in listener land. Um, Marvellous. Let me hear your thoughts on our uh, conversations this episode. What do you think of the games we've chatted about? Uh, what do you think of some of the, the discussion points we, we, we've investigated this week? You know, the, the collecting thing, you know, going in and out of collecting uh, based on, yeah. I guess, whatever's happening in your life at the time. You know, it's not yeah. always a priority. There are other things that take priority and it can totally uh, shut down that mm, desire to, to collect. And especially let us know if you have sold a large yeah. games collection or if you have, like pared down your collection and how you feel about that now in retrospect I, I, I would be curious to know that because obviously it's something that we debate doing on this podcast pretty much every other week at this point it feels like mm. so I'd like to know your experience of it anyway Tom thank you as always thank always you Matthew and thank you out to there dear people in listening land for listening to us thank you until next week um, or the week after actually we will be back uh, where we will talk about some more video games. Maybe I will I will definitely have completed uh, the new Like a Dragon Gaiden game. I almost said Yakuza. Um, and I will probably have started playing that, The Invincible, because I'm really curious mm. about it. But yeah, Maybe I'll have finished Sonic. Yeah. Maybe. Watch this space. Maybe, you, maybe you'll have done that last hour and not thrown your controller. Let's see. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, everybody out there. And be sure, as always, to game on. Game on. Game on.